Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy today's episode. Here's Javier. Today, I welcome Larry Balogun, who is one of the most accomplished business leaders in Africa. As he puts it, my mission is to help ethical leaders build legacies that will advance us towards a highly skilled, healthy, and prosperous Africa. I do this primarily through the tools of finance, sharing knowledge, and providing access to supportive ecosystems. Lari has led the transformation of a boutique merchant bank that employed less than 200 people into what is now one of the largest financial services firms in Nigeria, hence Africa. It also happens to be one of the most profitable. He is chief executive officer of SCMB Group, a holding company which owns a number of operating companies, including First City Monument Bank. It employs about 8,000 people, has about 115,000 agents, and serves approximately 12 million customers in multiple geographies. In the first half of 2023, it delivered 148% growth in profit before tax and customer deposits that grew almost 50% to about $3 billion. Enjoy this incredible conversation. Lottie, straight from Lagos, Nigeria. How are you? I'm good, Javier. It's a pleasure to be here with you. No, the pleasure is mine. And yes, to be fair to the listeners, Lottie and I have known each other since we were in diapers. To give a sense to the listeners of a little bit of your origin in Africa, Lottie, to you. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Javier. So, um, you know, I, I was born in, in, in Nigeria. I left Nigeria at the age of seven. Um, and I think because of the sort of uh, colonial ties that Nigeria had with, with the UK, I was sent to British boarding school at a horrendously young age of seven. Um, and that was a pretty good experience, surprisingly. Uh, and from, from there, I did, you know, undergraduate in the UK, started a career in banking, worked for a UK bank for a few years, then moved to the US, worked for an American bank in New York, um, and then ended up in the same institution that, you know, I met find people like yourself. Um, at the end of that, I thought that um, unlike most people that were, that was during the era of this dot-com boom, as you remember, but I, I, I chose remarkably to return to Nigeria really at the beginning of the longest period of democratic rule that we have had, you know, in the country. Um, and, uh, and I came back, worked working for to work for the company that I work for now at that time as a director in charge of strategy and basically evolved to running that 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 company and that and now running the holding company that owns that company. Um, so that's been my journey. I think sort of taking it back even sort of uh, f further back, you know, but I, I come from a, a, a family that is very entrepreneurial. Um, uh, very much focused on 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 what is happening um, in Nigeria. Very community driven, um, and you know, so I've kind of been fortunate to have had a number of people uh, that I could look to as both role models and source of inspiration. Your choice to go back, quote unquote, home, says a lot about you. Um, Africa, obviously, as a whole, I know it's dozens and dozens of countries, but from a global perspective, 
has so much potential, so many people, so much innovation. You were very humble, but I am going to brag for you. Lottie runs one of the largest banks in Nigeria, and given that it's the biggest economy in Africa, hence one of the largest banks in Africa, which therefore puts him at the crossroads of putting capital in the hands of, you were talking about entrepreneurs, Lottie, and for the listeners, which are all around the world, but uh, quite a bit in, in the U.S., can you describe a little bit about how your the bank you runs approaches sort of funding some of this entrepreneurial activity and all the potential that's out there? Well, that, that single question will probably take up the entire podcast, the abbreviated version. So first of all, we're very purpose-driven and, and we have a stated purpose, which is to foster inclusive and sustainable growth in the communities that we serve. So I think that's it. Now, we also do this by basically driving what we call an ecosystem strategy. So we're not just a bank. We're a holding company that owns three banks, um, a microfinance bank, a, a bank in Nigeria, and a bank in the UK. And the UK bank lends mostly to financial institutions and financial sponsors across Africa, right? Um, and, um, and other than the three banks, we also own asset management businesses, investment management businesses, both at the retail and the institutional level. Um, we own a fintech business that I've spoken to you about before, um, which is evolving into something quite interesting. Um, and we also own a consumer finance, uh, uh business. So we're across various verticals. And, and we work extremely well with a lot of development finance institutions. We're organized around the sustainable development goals. So we're very focused on sectors like agriculture, very focused on sectors like lending to women, on climate related uh, things. And, and so we find that there are a lot of development finance institutions, impact investors that see us as a channel through which they can meet their mandates in Africa. So we get quite a lot of capital typically debt capital, which people want to get paid back. The way we see what we do is that ultimately, um, I think every country is some total of the behavior of its citizens and its leaders. Mm -hmm. And we and we really work towards transforming the communities that we, we, we operate in by empowering those leaders to be transformational. Um, and we do that through various forms of capital, either from our balance sheet or from third-party balance sheets that, that are looking to deploy money. Let me double-click on two things. One is when you when you set sponsors, by that you mean sort of private principal investing firms, like private equity firms that want to lever okay. up or borrow against their assets. Is that what you mean? So sponsors like private equity firms, uh, venture capitalists, um, mm -hmm. development institutions private credit funds as well there's quite you know private credit yep. as you probably are well aware is a you know is a booming area so we help people like that to get their capital to work by by provide you know by giving them access to the best entrepreneurs on the continent that are doing the things that are changing the continent gotcha okay that makes sense thank you for the clarification and then the other question is related to uh, a few episodes ago I had a conversation with Randy Quarles, who, the, who was the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve overseeing banking in the United States, basically the top banking regulator in America. And a lot of the conversation actually focused on 
technology. This question is about fintech, but I want to kind of set the stage before I let you loose on this. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Banking and its cousins were invented centuries ago. And for the most part, they haven't changed. You're dealing with highly levered balance sheets, a lot of risk management around it, so on and so forth. And hopefully um, with all those things in place, uh, you don't lose any principle and accrete value to the book. Today, the way people interact with finance is almost 180 degrees opposite as to how the system was designed, purposely methodical and slow. And now people want their money now. They want to transfer it quickly. Tell me a little bit about how you think about, especially sitting in such a fast growth economy, like in such a young country like Nigeria, how do you think about this evolution of financial services and banking with technology? So, I mean, I actually think banking has evolved a lot, but what keeps happening is different industries are spinning off from banking. So when you look at payments companies like Visa and MasterCard and the likes, you know, those businesses came from banking. When you look at the private credit industry and and and, and even to some extent the private equity industry, they came from banking. Now, what mm -hmm. tends to happen is that typically when you create businesses, you, you realize that as the company holding people's deposits, either the regulator or your shareholders feel that some of these other ancillary services are not suited under that same corporate structure and they spin them out, right? And mm -hmm. I think banking will continue to do that. If we look at technology, I, I think something very interesting happened in the last sort of 15, 20 years that really uh -huh. unlocked the technology explosion that we've seen. Uh -huh. and, and that's that new technologies emerged. So everything from sort of cloud technology to uh, things like microservices and APIs um, and these sorts of things, which basically created a much more agile, scalable and resilient type of company that banks really um, struggled at the margin to compete with, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and in some instances, like maybe in a sort of ant financial in China, you know, banks really struggled to compete with. But, you know, there was this underlying technology. And, and unfortunately, the way banks are, uh, are designed is that they find it very difficult to change technology stack. Um, so it's like they were fighting a battle with like, you know, 20th century uh, uh -huh. World War II tanks. And then you had these guys in like, you uh -huh. know, uh, <laughs> fight and, 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 you know, modern yep. warfare uh, uh, equipment, right? Just basically taking the battle to them. Gradually, those things are beginning to change, right? Even within sort of legacy institutions. Yep. There are a few examples that we know, for example, if you take entities like JP Morgan Chase have been successful in launching sort of challenger banks in the UK, um, one of the fastest growing challenger banks. It's easy to do it in markets where you're not cannibalizing your legacy business. Mm -hmm. um, so that way you've got a lot less to lose. And you also don't have a legacy sort of infrastructure that you have to rip out um, and, and, and you can start again. And I think there are several other examples and we've had you know some success in that. Question will be whether they spin it out into separate entities which some do, or they, you know, they, they become entirely sort of digital native organizations. But, you know, I think you're going to see 
various, you know, various models evolving. Various flavors evolving indeed. And you brought up the 20th century. And as you know, because I know you keep up with a lot of things that are happening in the States, there are two little letters that have captured the imagination of everyone. The first letter of the alphabet combined with I, and that is kind of a window into the 22nd century, but it's happening like right now. So how do you running such a large institution in Africa, how are you thinking about AI, right? As the next iteration of all these things you were talking about. Sure. So, you know, it's already happening. And, and you know, um, the, the, the way it starts really is that you, you will have um, vendors that will sell you solutions mm -hmm. that are basically leveraging AI. So everything from um, credit risk, I think we, the vast majority of our retail and, and SME lending is now driven by, by AI. Um, and it's allowing us to mm -hmm. originate much larger volumes than, than we, we were doing before. It means that the cost of delivery is also dropping. The cost of underwriting your loans has crashed significantly. It means the ticket sizes you can book is also much smaller. Financial inclusion is easier, you know, because if I have to spend days of having a credit analyst analyze a business, you know, uh, the minimum loan size I should be giving is probably $50,000, $100,000, you know, who knows, right? If I have a machine doing it for me, I can give a $5 loan. I think the other thing we're finding that AI is doing is it, it's, and we're leveraging this, you know, quite a bit, um, is that it's de-risking Africa, right? So if you look at it from a sort of money laundering um, uh -huh. and financial crime perspective, yep. uh, and this is not just Africa, you'll find the same thing in South America and, and, and other places, is that a lot of financial institutions just say once they classify a country as high risk, it requires something called enhanced due diligence if they want to do business with somebody that is either resident in that country or has flows, payment flows coming from that country. And that means they have to have a ton of people. Typically, those people have to sit somewhere in the US or the UK, which is very expensive. Right mm -hmm. now, what we're finding with with AI is that you can create prior generation AI. We're not even getting to all this sort of uh, large language model things that mm -hmm. you're, you're you know you're talking about. Open up an even you know uh, bigger opportunity. But but what that is doing is that it can enable an individual you know could be a farmer in a remote part of Nigeria to be perfectly bankable by financial institution in Europe because. There are certain patterns and data that they can gather that would have been proxies for a zip code, for example, which, you know, you would know if you have a certain zip code, you're lower risk than somebody else. But now you can see certain patterns and data to know whether their activity conforms with what they say they do. That if I'm a farmer, you know, and, I, and, and I'm basically relying on, you know, rain fed irrigation, that I will only generate revenue at a certain time of the year. So what am I saying is that basically... There's just a lot more data that you can use to make decisions. Um, and that data need necessarily not be something that has been sort of, you know, the financial statements yep. or things that we've traditionally relied on. It's making the world more competitive. We've never really had those low value jobs at scale. Right. So I think what it's going to do is just going to create a lot of high value jobs. Take Nigeria. You either had people that were excluded from the financial system, right? 
in the informal sector. So they were never really doing that sort of low value work. There weren't that many accountants. There weren't that many lawyers. There weren't that many, you know, mm -hmm. uh, customer service agents and stuff like that. Right. So it's not as if you're going to see loads of service jobs disappear because they just weren't that many. 70% of our workforce is in the farm. You can have these high value jobs. I, I think net net, this is going to be quite positive. Mm -hmm. for Nigeria. Lots to unpack there as well. Yeah, the, there's always promise and peril with any kind of technology innovation. At the heart of that is reducing the amount of human agency. But it's interesting to talk to somebody like you, Nigerian slash African perspective, because everything you hear in the US is about the destruction and regeneration of jobs. And you're looking at it as a purely a net positive just because, I mean, you're not starting from zero. I don't mean to say that, but it's kind of like the leapfrogging that happened with the telecom. You guys didn't go to landlines, you went to mobile, and now you're one of the most mobile penetrated places on earth. Lottie, um, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Javier. Good catching up. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.